Chapter 1 Beloved Yet Afflicted Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. John 11, 3 That disciple whom Jesus loved is not at all reluctant to record that Jesus loved Lazarus too. There are no jealousies among those who are chosen by the well-beloved. Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. It's a happy thing when an entire family lives in the love of Jesus. They were a favored trio, and yet, just as the serpent came into the Garden of Eden, so sorrow entered their quiet household at Bethany. Lazarus was sick. They all felt that if Jesus were there, disease would flee at his presence. What then should they do but let him know of their trial? Lazarus was near death's door and so his tender sisters at once reported the fact to Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Many times since then that same message has been sent to our Lord, for in very many cases he has chosen his people in the furnace of affliction. Of the Master it is said, He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. Matthew eight seventeen. And it is, therefore, not an extraordinary thing for the members of the body to be conformed to their head in this matter. Notice first a fact mentioned in the text. Scripture, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. The sisters were somewhat astonished that it should be so, for the word behold implies a measure of surprise. We love him, and we would make him well now if we could. You love him, and yet he remains sick. You can heal him with one word. Why then is your loved one sick? Have you not, dear sick friend, often wondered how your painful or lingering disease could be consistent with your being chosen, called, and made one with Christ? I dare say this has greatly troubled you. And yet, in very truth, it is by no means strange, but is to be expected. We don't need to be astonished that the man whom the Lord loves is sick, for he is only a man. The love of Jesus does not separate us from the common necessities and infirmities of human life. Men of God are still men. The covenant of grace is not a charter of exemption from fever, rheumatism, or asthma. The bodily ailments that come upon us because of our flesh will stay with us to the tomb. For Paul says, While we are in this tent, we groan. 2 Corinthians 5 4. Those whom the Lord loves are more likely to be sick, since they are under a special discipline. It is written, Those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. Hebrews 12, 6. Affliction of some sort is one of the marks of the true born-again child of God, and it frequently happens that the trial takes the form of illness. Will we therefore wonder that we have to take our turn in the bed of sickness? If Job, David, and Hezekiah each had to endure pain, who are we that we would be amazed because we are in poor health? It is not surprising that we are sick if we reflect upon the great benefit that often flows to us from it. 
I don't know what specific improvement might have been worked in Lazarus, but many disciples of Jesus would have been of little use if they had not been afflicted. Strong men are apt to be harsh, domineering, and unsympathetic, and therefore they need to be put into the furnace and melted down. I have known Christian women who never would have been so gentle, tender, wise, experienced, and holy if they had not been mellowed by physical pain. There are fruits in God's garden, as well as in man's, that never ripen until they are bruised. Young women who are apt to be volatile, conceited, or talkative are often trained to be full of sweetness and light by sickness after sickness, by which they are taught to sit at Jesus' feet. Many have been able to say with the psalmist, It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. Psalm 119, 71. For this reason, even those who are highly favored and blessed among women, Luke 1, 28, might feel a sword piercing through their hearts at times. This sickness of the Lord's loved ones is often for the good of others. Lazarus was permitted to be sick and die so that by his death and resurrection the apostles could be benefited. His sickness was for the glory of God. John 11:4. Throughout these two thousand years that have succeeded Lazarus's sickness, all believers have been getting good out of it, and we are still being helped today because he suffered and died. The church and the world can obtain much advantage through the sorrows of good people. The careless may be awakened, the doubting may be convinced, the ungodly may be converted, and the mourner may be comforted through our testimony in sickness. If this is so, why would we want to avoid pain and weakness? Are we not quite willing that our friends would say of us also, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Our text, however, not only records a fact, but mentions a report of that fact. Scripture? The sisters sent word to him. John 11, 3. Let us keep up constant communication with our Lord about everything. Sing a hymn to Jesus when thy heart is faint. Tell it all to Jesus, comfort or complaint. Jesus knows all about us, but it can provide much consolation for us to pour out our hearts before Him. When John the Baptist's broken-hearted disciples saw their leader beheaded, they took away the body and buried it, and they went and reported to Jesus. Matthew fourteen twelve. They could not have done better. When you have any trouble, send a message to Jesus. Don't keep your misery to yourself. There is a pleasant hope about telling Jesus, for he is sure to support his friends in it. You can go to Jesus and ask, Most gracious Lord, why am I sick? I thought I was useful while in health, and now I can do nothing. Why is this? He may show you why, or, if not, he will make you willing to bear his will with patience, without knowing why. He can bring His truth to your mind to cheer you. He can strengthen your heart by His presence. He can send you unexpected comfort, and He can cause you to glory in your afflictions. Scripture, 
Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Psalm 62, 8. Mary and Martha did not send to tell Jesus in vain, and no one seeks His face in vain. Remember, too, that Jesus may give healing. It would not be wise to claim to live by faith and reject the physician and his medicine any more than it would be wise to avoid the butcher and the tailor and expect to be fed and clothed by faith. However, this would be far better than forgetting the Lord completely and trusting in human help only. Healing for both body and soul must be sought from God. We make use of medicines, but these can do nothing apart from the Lord, who heals all your diseases. Psalm 103, 3. We can tell Jesus about our aches and pains, our gradual decline, and our hacking coughs. Some people are afraid to go to God about their health. They pray for the forgiveness of sin, but they are afraid to ask the Lord to remove a headache. Yet certainly, if the hairs on the outside of our head are all numbered by God, it is not much more of a condescension for Him to relieve throbs and pressures inside the head. Our big things must be very little to the great God, and our little things cannot be much less. It is a proof of the greatness of the mind of God that while ruling the heavens and the earth, He is not so consumed by these great concerns as to be forgetful of the least pain or need of any one of His poor children. We can go to Him about our failing breath, for He first gave us lungs and life. We can tell Him about the eye that grows dim and the ear that loses hearing, for He made them both. We can mention the swollen knee, the arthritic finger, the stiff neck, and the sprained foot, for He made all these, redeemed them all, and will raise them all from the grave. Go at once and say, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Thirdly, let us notice in the case of Lazarus a result that we might not have expected. Undoubtedly, when Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus, they hoped to see Lazarus recover as soon as the messenger reached the master. But they were not gratified in this way. For two days the Lord remained in the same place, and not until He knew that Lazarus was dead did He talk about going to Judea. This teaches us that Jesus can be informed of our trouble, and yet might act as if He were indifferent to it. We mustn't expect that prayer for recovery will be answered in every case, for if so, nobody would die who had family, friend, or acquaintance to pray for Him. In our prayers for the lives of beloved children of God, we must not forget that there is one prayer that may be contradicting ours. For Jesus prays, Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory which you have given me. John 17:24. We pray that they may remain with us, but when we recognize that Jesus wants them above, what can we do but admit His greater claim and say, Not as I will, but as you will? Matthew 26, 39. In our own case, we can ask the Lord to raise us up, and although He loves us, He might allow us to grow worse and worse, and at last 
die. Hezekiah had fifteen years added to his life, but we might not have the reprieve of a single day. Never set such importance on the life of anyone dear to you, or even on your own life, as to be rebellious against the Lord. If you hold the life of any dear one with too tight a hand, you are making a rod for your own back. If you love your own earthly life too well, you are making a thorny pillow for your dying bed. We often idolize children, or other individuals, or leaders we look up to. We might as well make a god of clay and worship it, as the Hindus are said to do, as worship our fellow humans, for what are they but clay? Will dust be so dear to us that we quarrel with our God about it? If our Lord allows us to suffer, let us not complain. He must do that for us which is kindest and best, for He loves us better than we love ourselves. Did I hear you say, Yes, Jesus allowed Lazarus to die, but He raised him up again? I answer that He is the resurrection and the life to us also. John 11.25 Be comforted concerning the departed. Scripture your brother will rise again. John 11.23 And all of us whose hope is in Jesus will partake in our Lord's resurrection. Not only will our souls live, but our bodies too will be raised incorruptible. 1 Corinthians 15.52 The grave will serve as a refining pot. Proverbs 17.3 And this vile body will emerge vile no more. Some Christians are greatly encouraged by the thought of living until the Lord comes, and so escaping death. I confess that I think this is no great gain, for so far from having any benefit over those who have died, those who are alive and remain at His coming will miss one point of fellowship, in not dying and rising like their Lord. Beloved, all things are yours, and death is specifically mentioned in the list. Therefore, do not dread it, but rather long for evening to undress, that you may rest with God. I will close with a question. Scripture Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. John 11, 5. Does Jesus love you in a special way? Sadly, many sick people have no evidence of any special love of Jesus toward them for they have never sought His face or trusted in Him. Jesus might say to them, I never knew you, Matthew 7.23, for they have turned their backs upon His blood and His cross. Answer, dear friend, this question to your own heart. Do you love Jesus? If so, you love Him because He first loved you, 1 John 4.19. Are you trusting Him? If so, that faith of yours is the proof that He has loved you from before the foundation of the world, for faith is the sign by which He pledges His faithfulness to His beloved. If Jesus loves you and you are sick, let all the world see how you glorify God in your sickness. Let friends and nurses see how the beloved of the Lord are cheered and comforted by Him. Let your holy submission astonish them and cause them to admire your beloved, 
who is so gracious to you that he makes you happy in pain and joyful at the gates of the grave. If your Christian religion is worth anything, it should support you now, and it will compel unbelievers to see that he whom the Lord loves is better off when he is sick than the ungodly are when they are full of health and vigor. If you don't know that Jesus loves you, you lack the brightest star that can cheer the night of sickness. It would indeed be a terrible calamity to hope that you will not die as you now are, and to pass into another world without enjoying the love of Jesus. Seek His face at once, and it might be that your current sickness is a part of the way of love by which Jesus will bring you to Himself. Lord, Heal all these sick ones in soul and in body. Amen.